listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Today we continue our series called What Lurks Beneath. Somebody say, What Lurks Beneath. That's what we're dealing with. What, what lurks beneath. In the first week, we revealed the source of the problem. It was diagnostic. It's a heart issue. That's what's wrong. We've got a heart issue. And Jesus said that what comes out of our mouths reveals whether or not our heart is sick. Um, the second week, we looked at our first heart issue, which is, was jealous and envy. We looked at jealous and, uh, jealousy and envy. And then last week, <clears throat> we dove into our next heart diagnosis, which was anger. Anger, And today we're going to close this series out dealing with fear, with fear. There were two explorers that were on a safari. They were, they were uh, brand new novice explorers, didn't really know what they were doing. Uh, book learned but not experienced, uh, uh, not experienced in it. And they went on a safari. Everything was going good until suddenly this ferocious lion just jumped out of nowhere right in front of them, right, right on their path. And uh, the first explorer whispered to the other one, he said, Keep calm. He said, remember what we read in that book on wild animals? If, if we would just stand perfectly still, look the lion in the eye, and display no fear, he'll turn and leave. The other explorer, his companion, said, sure, you've read the book. I've read the book. But has the lion read the book? <laughs> Let me talk to you really quick about our emotions. Um, I've got a number of things that, that I've, I've got I've to deal with today in order to get us to where God wants us. But church, I figured out that our emotions, they have no intellect on their own. Our emotions have no intellect on their own. What we display emotionally, it, 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 they're a byproduct, byproduct of the thought process. Our emotions only respond to what we're thinking. And Therefore, whoever or whatever controls our thoughts ultimately controls our lives. That's why we have to be careful. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So people are controlled by fear every day, and it originates in our thought process. And, and you cannot walk by faith when you're bound by the spirit of fear. You can't walk by faith and be bound by a spirit of fear. The enemy does not want somebody to hear this today, but you're going to be set free in Jesus' name. There's too much prayer going into this one. Amen. There are two types of fear that I want to bring your attention to. The first one, I'm just going to hit it really quick, and then, and then we're going to move on. But I think this is, is very important for us to understand. <clears throat> because the first fear is actually beneficial and is to be encouraged. Like I'm encouraging you right now to have this fear, and it's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. This does not mean, church, that we are terrified by God. I, I don't think we should walk around being terrified of God. It's simply a reverence and a respect for who God is. That, that's what it means to fear the Lord. I honor him. I respect him. And, and, and we certainly understand the magnitude of his might and his power. And, and yeah, we know that, that God could take us out in, in, in just one blink of an eye. But, but that's not how we live our lives as children of God. So we're not terrified of God, but there's too many people 
that have lost their reverence for God and all that is holy. There's just too many people in our society that says, I, 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 I have no more reverence for God. I, I don't even want to tolerate the name of Jesus. And, and therefore, they, they don't want anything to do with, with anything divine, anything that is holy. And with that, they've lost so much more than what they even realize. Listen to the scriptures, because the scriptures tell us what we've lost. Psalm 111 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You go to Proverbs 1 and 7. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 14 and 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. And his children will have a refuge. Proverbs 19 and 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied, he will not be visited by harm. So I think you can understand this, church, that the proper fear of the Lord, it comes with benefits. There's things that we get from having the proper fear of the Lord, where we revere him, where we, we acknowledge that, that, that he is great and greatly to be praised. When we have our mindset correctly and, and we fear the Lord, it brings with it wisdom, According to the word of God, it brings wisdom, it brings knowledge, it brings confidence. You, you can live life with satisfaction straight out of the scriptures from what we just read. That is what the fear of the Lord brings. And, and this explains so much about our society today. Because we have become a people with no wisdom, no knowledge, no confidence, and no satisfaction. Why? Because we do not have a reverent fear of the Lord any longer. And so, church, if you want to remove fear and anxiety from your home, develop a good understanding of the fear of the Lord and practice it in your home. If you want to remove fear and anxiety out of your children's lives, teach them to love and respect the Lord. This is how uh, we, we will change our homes, how we will change society, but we've got to get back to the place to where we have a fear of the Lord. But there's another type of fear, and it's not healthy to a believer's walk. Fear of the Lord is extremely healthy to a believer's walk, but this fear is not. Most people have developed a manifestation of fear in their lives, and so they worry about yesterday. They worry about today, and they're already worrying about tomorrow. That's how fear will overtake your life. That's how fear will grip you. We worry about so many things. Uh, certainly, I will touch on something that, that you worry about, that, that you're fearful of. Some people worry about money. Some people worry about health. Others worry about their job. We worry about our marriages. We worry about our children. We worry about what people think about us. Don't lie. I see your social media posts. You worry about what people think about you. And then sometimes we worry about what people don't think about us. Like we're putting all the signs out there, we're displaying, but nobody is commenting on my pictures. And so now you're worried about what they don't think about you. And this is, 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 is the worry that goes through life. Uh, some, some people worry about global warming. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've never lost one night's sleep over global warming. Maybe you have, and you're worrying enough for the both of us. I'm going to let you do it, okay? 
But I'm letting you know, I've never, ever once lost any sleep over global warming. Some people worry about nuclear war. That's not something I worry about. I'm just, it, it, it doesn't concern, maybe it should, but it does not concern me. But I think you all would understand, there's no shortage of things to worry about. We've all got a list of things to worry about. And often we do. So as we turn to our text today, which is Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, as we turn there, I want to let you in on a secret. And this is not going to sit well with some of you. It's, it's, it's not going to settle. But it's the truth. You can be right smack dab in the middle of a storm and be exactly where God wants you to be. You can be right in the middle of the fight and be exactly where God wants you to be. You might be right in the middle of a battle and you might be crying out saying, God, get me out of this and you might be exactly right where God wants you to be. And, and that's a hard pill to swallow. It's, it, for us, for those of us in the room, that we've put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we've put our eternity in his hands, it's hard for us to comprehend that maybe, just maybe, when we're in the middle of the fight, God's got us there for a reason. God's got us there for a purpose. So Mark chapter 4, let me, let me just read the first verse, and, the, and then I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop a few times as we read through this text. Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. Verse 35 says, On that day... When evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us go across to the other side. Just pause there. Jesus said, let us go across to the other side. He's talking about the Sea of Galilee. Let's go across the Sea of Galilee. Let's go over to the other side. I want you to notice this. Jesus just orchestrated the travel plans. And if we believe that God is omniscient, <clears throat> that he knows all things, there's nothing on that journey from here to there, to to fro, from point A to point B, there's nothing on that journey that he does not already see. And Jesus just orchestrated the travel plans. Let us go across to the other side. In other words, Jesus just put them in a situation that is going to cause worry and fear. Okay? I didn't say he caused the worry and fear. He's putting them into a situation that causes worry and fear. Let's keep going. That day when <clears throat> evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd... They took, him, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats <clears throat> were with them. <clears throat> and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But when he was in the stern and asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, now let, let, me, let me just ask you, have you ever been in a situation to where you just mentally ask God, maybe you didn't even say it out loud because I know some of you, you don't pray like this. I pray like this. I do, but some of you don't. Have you ever been in that situation though and you ask, you ask God, like, God, where are you right now? Like, I, I can't see you in the middle of this storm, in the middle of this battle. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but God, where are you? Do you even care about me? Maybe you don't go that far. I do. Do, do you even care about me anymore? Because that's what they said. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? But I want you to notice 
that they did not question his ability. We don't question God's ability. We don't question God's ability. We know that he can. We just scratch our heads wondering why he doesn't. That, that's part of, of uh, the human struggle is, God, we know you're able, but we don't get it why you're not doing what we know you can do. And so the disciples did not question his abilities. What they questioned was his concern. And that's what we question too. God, don't you even care? Verse 39 says, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And right in that statement right there, Jesus tells us how how fear and faith can't coincide at the same time. Like you can't have both fear and faith active at the same time. It doesn't work that way. He says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And in that last verse, we see the transition happen, happen from unhealthy fear to a healthy fear of who God is. They were in awe of who he was. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They were filled with great fear in that moment, but it was the right kind of fear. That's where I want to get us to right now. I want to take the next few moments and I want to walk us and, uh, through this and I want to transition us from this unhealthy fear to the right fear, the fear of the Lord. When storms of life arise, and notice that I said when and not if. Somebody say when. When. When the storms of life arise, we must be careful not to let the circumstances get in us. This is the greatest cause of fear in people. We allow the circumstances. We allow whatever we're going through to get inside of us. We allow the negativity to get in us. We allow the discord to get in us. We allow the paranoia, paranoia to get in us. We allow the anxiety. We allow the worry. We allow the fear. We allow all of that to, to infiltrate and to get inside of us. Now understand, they're in the boat. The storm is raging all around them. That's how it starts. <clears throat> it starts all around you. But then the waves start breaking into the boat, and the boat begins to fill with water. Understand that the boat, it was designed to float. An object will float if the gravitational, which is the downward force, is less than the buoyancy, which is the upward force. So, in other words, an object will float if it weighs less than the amount of water that is dispersed or displaced. This explains, church, why a rock that weighs, just, just a pebble that weighs one gram can sink to the bottom of the, of the ocean, sink to the bottom of the sea, but yet a huge 225,000 ton cruise ship will stay afloat. It's mind-boggling, right? It all comes down to if the gravitational downward force is less than the buoyancy upward force. So if it displaces the water the right way, it is designed to float. It's all in the design. And church, let me tell you, you're designed to float. God created you in such a way that no matter what storms of life you go through, you are designed to float. 
He has created you with the ability to withstand. And what you don't feel like you can do, he certainly can do. God can keep you afloat. Boats only sink when the circumstances outside have made their way inside of the boat. You are only drowning because life outside of you has worked its way inside of you. It's starting to click with some of you now. You've allowed the circumstances that you're going through to infiltrate you. Therefore, you're going against the design of how God made you, and that's why you're sinking. But, but have you ever met those people that it doesn't matter what they're going through? They just know how to float. My mother-in-law, she, she just floats. I don't know why. It's, it's the way God made her, but you can throw her in a swimming pool, and she doesn't even have to try. She just floats. It's, just, it's an amazing, amazing feat. She's created to float. Why is it that some people can walk through hell and not waver in their faith? You ever met anybody like that? You know, their faith is so high, it seems, that nothing shakes them. Nothing. How can they go through circumstances that are so tough, but yet they seem so unaffected? Let me let, let, me let you in on a secret. It's not that they don't encounter fear. It's not that they don't worry. They just refuse to allow the fear and the worry to get inside of them. And they don't allow the storms of life and whatever they're going through to infiltrate and to get inside of them. But you've got to learn, church, you've got to go through the storm, but don't let the storm go through you. And so many of us, we live in this constant state of fear and worry and anxiety. And when we do that, we are allowing the storms to get inside of us. When what's happening on the outside of you starts infiltrating the inside of you, you will be full of fear. Now, I want to help you with this because this is diagnostic, okay? I, I, I need you to be able to see this. When you walk out of here, I want you to be able to, to see the symptoms and understand the symptoms and know what's happening in your life. Do you want to know how to tell if the storm outside of you has worked its way inside of you? Anybody want to know? Just... Three of us? Okay, okay. This is how you know if the storm on the outside has worked its way on the inside. When it's all you think about. Like there's no peace. It, you just, that's all, it, all of your brain cells are focused on that. That's how you know the storm has made its way inside. When it affects your attitude. You know? Everybody you talk to is, is affected by the storm that you're going through. That's because it's, it's affected your attitude. It, it's, it's, it's made its way inside of you. And, and, and probably the best di diagnostic tool for this, when it's all you talk about. When, when it's all that you talk about. Let, let's go back to the beginning of the series. In Luke 6 and 45, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. When it's all that you talk about. So whatever you're talking about, that's what's in you. It's lurking inside. And, and you can tell me, you can say, Pastor, I, I'm not afraid of dying. And then you constantly talk about every sickness that you have. Which, by the way, you, you have to appreciate what the town hypochondriac had engraved on his tombstone. 
I told you I was sick. Okay, but so don't tell me that you're not afraid to die and then you constantly worry about sickness. Don't tell me that you're not worried about your job and then constantly tell me what everyone else is doing wrong on the job or, or, or better yet, point out every flaw with, with, with your boss, every, everything that, that those over you are doing wrong or even those under you are doing wrong and no responsibility with that. You don't tell me you're not worried about it if that's all you talk about. You know, it's one thing to talk about your ex-husband for a month after your divorce, but when you're still talking about him or you're still talking about your ex-wife five years later, don't tell me that they don't get under your skin. Don't tell me that it doesn't bother you because there's some heart issues that are happening and from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is revealed through this. Whatever you talk about is what's already inside of you. It's lurking beneath. But don't let the circumstances outside the boat get inside the boat. Now listen to me. The, the disciples, they had this, this secret weapon inside the boat. We know. We know. But, but they had to figure this out. Mark chapter 4 verse 38. Listen to what happens. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The greatest decision that most of you in the room have ever made is when you invited Jesus Christ to come on the inside of you. It's the greatest decision that a human can make to put their faith and their trust, their eternity in the hands of Jesus Christ and to say, I trust you with my eternity It's the greatest decision you'll ever make, but here's where some of us have become very comfortable. We've invited Jesus into our vessel, into our boat, but we're comfortable with him being in a back corner somewhere asleep. And you're afraid to wake Jesus up even though he can help you through life's storms, even though he can help you with what's going on in your heart, you, you're, you're, you're content with leaving him asleep because you know if you wake him, that at the moment Jesus is, is awakened, it's, it's going to cause some change in you and your lifestyle and the, and the decisions that you have to make. It, and, and it just, it changes, Jesus changes everything, right? I mean, we sing about that around here. Jesus changes everything. And so you're content. You're content with having him in the vessel But God forbid we wake him up because at the moment you wake him up, he's going to start dealing with some things. He's he's going to say things to you like, why are you afraid? Do you still not have any faith? And then you have to confront that own issue in your life. Disciples, they they woke him up. They woke him up and, and, and Jesus had this moment of rebuke. You can't be full of fear and full of faith at the same time. But then he spoke to the situation and he said, peace, be still. And the waves and the winds begin to cease. The storms of life that are haunting you right now dissipate at the moment that you wake Jesus up. But I I need to tell some of you this because you've accepted a lie from the enemy. You've got to stop trusting your feelings. You, you think because you feel it that it's reality. And you're giving into it and you're feeding that. That's why it's growing on you. You might feel discouraged, but you don't have to be discouraged. Does that make sense? You might feel lonely, but you don't have to be lonely. 
you're trusting those innermost thoughts. You're trusting your heart too much. You might feel anxious, but you don't have to be anxious. You might feel overwhelmed, but you don't have to be overwhelmed. You might feel afraid, but you don't have to be afraid. You can't trust what you are feeling in your heart. Why? Because your heart is sick. You need a heart transplant. You need God to take whatever's happened here, remove that and put a heart of flesh back inside of you that, that, that will, will be receptive to his hands molding and creating the life that he wants you to be, but you've got to stop trusting it. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I can tell you this, the worst decisions I've ever made in my life is when I've operated out of fear and not faith in God. Because I trusted my heart. Scripture's plain. I can't trust my heart. My heart is sick. I've got to trust his word. I've got to know what God said. And I've got to stand on that word. I've got to declare that word. I've got to live that word. And the best way to overcome your heart diagnosis is, is not to live out your diagnosis. You ever met anybody like that? Like, like they get the worst news and they just refuse to die? They're just fighters. I know I married one. True. When Mandy was diagnosed with cancer, we were in our early 20s. We were young. We were scared. We were uncertain. That's a lot for two kids in their young 20s haven't even been married a year. It's a lot to go through. You're talking about being in the middle of the sea and storms raging. Man, they were raging all around us. And I want to be very clear with this. We, we were facing cancer. And anyone, anyone that hears that C word, uh, you, you know, you know it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough diagnosis when you hear the word cancer. But I, I want to be very clear on this. There were moments of fear. There were moments of uncertainty. But my wife never vocalized it. Those that were around her, and there were some here and there in first service that they had a front row seat to the whole thing. My wife never vocalized her fear, her anxiety, her worry. She, she didn't trust her heart because her heart is deceitful above all things. Those innermost thoughts, she didn't trust those. And, and my wife would tell people that, that spoke with fear and they spoke with doubt. She would look at them and ask them to leave the hospital room. I watched it happen. She was that strong. Went down to, what, 78 pounds, I think? 78 pounds, skin and bones. But she would stand strong on her faith, and she would look at them and say, I don't need that in my hospital room. You can leave. And she avoided people that spoke anything other than healing over her life. Because she understood the word of God. Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. Listen to what it says. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's the peace of God. The peace of God. She understood the peace of God. She understood the word of God. And she refused to let anyone else help her live out the diagnosis. She refused it. Because you can't live in fear and walk in faith at the same time. Fear, anxiety, worry, Church, they're, they're like rocking chairs. They require a lot of effort and they get you nowhere. That's what they are. I'm not saying that life is easy. 
I'm saying we're children of God and it's time that we act like it. A, a few years ago, when Caleb and Mariah were, were dating, I believe they were probably still in high school, may, maybe early college years. <clears throat> Caleb and I were at home one evening, and, and you have to understand, I love college basketball. I don't even have to like the team. I just, when college basketball comes on, I just love college basketball. And I remember we were watching Duke and Boston College. And I was so focused on the game. I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm, And all of a sudden, the front door of our house, which is in direct line with, with my recliner where I sit, on my end of the couch at reclines, it's, it's right there. That door swung open, and I came up out of my chair. I was ready. It was, it was going to be fight or flight, and I don't know which one. But my, my flinch was, my, my, my fist was clenched, and, 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 and I, w- I was ready. I, I came up, and I, I mean, I, I don't know. Poor little Mariah stepped in through that door. I mean, I was about to just tear into her. I had no idea who was coming through our door. Because we keep our doors locked all the time. All the time. I don't trust you guys. Our doors stay locked all the time. Don't come to my house pulling on our doors. I'm telling you, you're going to get shot. But just give me a warning because i got to find where the the bullets are ahead because I have no idea. But I came off that couch just ready to attack. She's never just walked into our house before. I was so focused on that game that I didn't even hear a conversation that took place. They said that they had it right in front of me. Mandy and Caleb talked about Mariah coming over. Caleb didn't want to get off the couch during the middle of the game. He went over and unlocked the door, turned on the porch light and everything. I'm sitting right there. They said the whole time I was sitting right there listening to, to or in earshot of the whole conversation, but I was so focused on what was happening right in front of me that I didn't even hear the conversation that she was coming over. And sometimes, church, you can be so distracted by what's right in front of you that you miss the whole conversation that God has already had. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. You didn't hear me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. For God has not given us spirit of fear. But of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. Maybe maybe you should start saying it with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power. And of love. And a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power. And of love. And a sound, somebody needs to say it a little bit louder. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, power, and of love, and a sound For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound Let me tell you what I'm doing right now. You're memorizing a scripture because you're going to use it this week when the enemy comes at you. Fear is about to bow. 
Anxiety is about to bow. Depression is about to bow. You're not going to walk in that anymore. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And that is what he has given you, not because of how powerful you are, but because of how powerful he is. I refuse, I refuse to bow down to circumstances that cannot measure up to my God. And I have yet to find anything that can possibly stand up to my God. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. some of you here right now you've got chronic fear and anxiety worry for some of you it's even turned into depression and God doesn't want you to walk out of this room with it and he's here to meet you with it but you've got to be willing to lay it at the foot of the cross he says cast your cares on me because I care for you If I'm talking to you right now, listen, listen, this is, this, this is so important. You've got to understand this. It's not that God doesn't know what you're dealing with. He certainly does. It's the fact that you need to give it to God. You've got to surrender. That takes action on your part. Because your God is able. There's nothing to fear. Who was it, Roosevelt that said that? It's nothing to fear but fear itself. I don't know. I just would leave it at there's nothing to fear. There's just nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. And you've got to surrender that right now. So I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I don't want you to hold back. I want you to stand to your feet. Don't come forward. Just stand to your feet. I mean it. This is that moment you get to surrender it to an almighty God. He's here, he's ready, but you've got to hand it to him. One, two, three, just stand right now. Come on, yes, yes. That anxiety is coming to an end, I'm telling you. That fear is coming to an end. Don't you miss out. Don't you miss out. God's meeting you here right now. Don't you miss out. There's still others, yes, yes. Fear has to bow. Fear has to bow. Worry has to bow. I want you to raise your hands to heaven right now. Raise your hands to heaven. Come on, receive this right now as you just lift it up to the Lord. Just lift it up to the Lord right now. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God, let your Holy Spirit sweep through this room right now. Sound mind. Give us a sound mind. Power to overcome. God, as they lift this up to you right now, Lord, I just pray you would just take the fear 
the anxiety, the worry. God, as they release that to you, I pray for the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Let it flood their lives right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God's peace. Today, Lord, we trade our sorrows. We trade in our fear. All anxiety, Lord. You did not design us to take on these waves. designed us to walk by faith not by sight would you just thank him for his peace right now come on if you're standing just thank him for his peace he's filling you with it right now come on feel the weight release right now Just feel the weight release. You don't have to fix this. It's your God. He's your Savior. You made Him Lord of your life. And you're a child of God. Now act like it. Act like it. I refuse to carry the burden of fear. No one ordains my steps except you, O Lord. I put my family in your hands, Lord. I put my future in your hands, Lord. I put every battle and every circumstance in your hands, Lord. Let's wake up, Jesus. Jesus, come. Come, come in the middle of the storm and calm these raging seas and say, peace, be still and let your peace flood our hearts and our souls. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org. 